This episode of According to Flint is brought to you by the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, who is proud to bring the Western lifestyle and outdoor enthusiasts together for conservation projects, enhancing elk habitat, and ensuring the future of America's hunting heritage. Visit rmef.org for more information. Thanks for listening, and enjoy this episode of According to Flint. As always, thanks to our good friends at the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation for their continued support of everything according to Flint. Welcome to episode number 58 of the podcast, According to Flint. And I'm welcoming a very good friend of mine and a female voice in a rough and tumble sportable riding. Kate Harrison joins me on this episode. There's a lot about Kate Harrison that people need to know and she needs to tell her story more from a rodeo western background and became one of the first lead commentator as a female in a western sports event bull riding she did the american rodeo last year anxious to hear what kate harrison has to say one of the greatest people i know so welcome kate harrison but first Couple words from Pendleton Whiskey and our friends at Montana Silversmiths. This, along with every episode of According to Flint, brought to you by Pendleton Whiskey. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned a whiskey that captures that unique spirit in every bottle. A whiskey made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water. A whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That is Pendleton whiskey. And that's true Western tradition. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Since 1973, the art of engraving brings to life the artistry that Montana silversmiths is known for and is fueled by a passion for the Western lifestyle. Montana silversmiths, buckles, and jewelry are more than accessories. They are stories, stories of moments and memories shared through the giving, receiving, and earning of Montana silversmiths, buckles, and jewelry. Celebrate what matters with Montana silversmiths. Well, welcome to another episode of According to Flint, and we've been discussing before we went on the air, we we hate to stereotype that, because honestly, we this is a downfall of ours. We haven't had that many ladies as podcast guests, so we're going, <laughs> besides Jess Lockwood, the best looking guest we've ever had on According to Flint, Kate Harrison. Great backdrop. Look at you with the fireplace mantle, the leather chair. Wow. I was going to light it for you, but I can't take credit for any of this because I'm at my parents' house right now. I, I could not do anything without my mom. So my uh, Bo's sleeping, Hayes is playing with my mom. I have no idea how many little humans are going to be out here in the next 20 minutes, but um, mom's got it. We, She's the best. Well, we also have a history of little humans wandering in as well. I believe Trevor <laughs> Brazil's son made an appearance. He's a teenager though, but he's still a little human. Um, who else did Cooper Dave Mac Davis made an appearance. So, so if Hayes Harrison were to make an appearance, um, that would be okay. 
But funny you bring up Hayes. Hayes and I are hit and miss on if we're friends or not. When we, <laughs> you know, uh, two winters ago, whenever it was, and we spent, all of us spent the month in Florida. Yeah. Hayes and I became friends. But, you know, a, a, a bigger subject there, I think that when we spent that entire month in Florida, and I flew back and forth once, but don't you think we all kind of did that? That was quite I the time. It. So... We were back there in our motorhome and we didn't leave Florida for the month of January. But what didn't dawn on me is how hard it is to get RV reservations in Florida in January. So I finally found one. I mean, five-star place. It was us and JB, Samantha Mooney and Jagger. I was like, Sam, I found this great RV park. We're all going to spend time in Florida. I am telling you, we were by far the youngest people in this entire RV park. But I think they loved us. They And everyone that was there said, oh, where's your grandparents at? You got to be visiting. What spot are they in? It's like, nope, it's us. We're here. No one believed us. But when JB and Daniel went to the community pool, I'm just telling you, Sam and I just sat back with the kids and just watched just, because it was JB, Daniel, and everyone else was probably 75 plus And it was a good time. They were, uh, did they thrill the snow leopards by the pool? <laughs> There was this couple. No, no. I don't know if you're allowed to say this stuff or oh, not. Oh, hey, it's my name's on the sign. You can say whatever you want. Okay, good. <clears throat> and they started talking to the guys in the pool and invited them back that night for dinner and it seemed like very nice, cordial people. And uh, so JB and Daniel go over there and, you know, have a couple drinks. Sam and I are coming with the kids. And by the time we get there, we kind of get the feeling that, um, you know, they might be interested in some more than just having dinner together. And so we did, we stayed, we had dinner, but then after that, we thought we're going to get back to our RV spots and make sure they don't actually know where we're parked. Really wonderful people, but I'm just, I'm not sure. You were, you were, kind of park, park <clears throat> you were picking up some kind of vibe. I was a little bit of one. I was. Yeah. yeah. And I won't say what you're probably right. We shouldn't say it, but I do know that you probably went back to the playground. Then the kids went swinging in the playground, but besides <laughs> I guess that stuff could happen in RV parks. I don't know. Florida, uh, the villages. You could go, you know, the villages. We went right. I'll never forget. We were going to one of those events and I went under the big overpass. It says, welcome uh -huh. to the villages. There's commercials. It's a. At an RV park? Older. It's not. It's just an older person uh, community. The village. Okay, because I thought that's what actually the RV park was called that we stayed at. Oh, uh, but the village is this. Maybe it's connected. <laughs> I Okay, I maybe shouldn't say this either, but the villages, see, you don't, when you're doing TV, you don't hear me in the arena. The mm -hmm. running joke at every Florida thing was just, I'm going to go stay at the villages. And the locals would cheer because <laughs> it's famous for, I, I keep looking at Logan, though, wondering if I'd say that this it's famous for the highest like per capita cases of STDs in the country. No. Yeah. They're all about it. So there you go. <laughs> Look at us. Hard hitting. Welcome to according to wow. all the yeah. hard hitting stuff. Anyway, I don't think I've shared that story in public yet though. So, uh, mm. you know, only right here on your show. Yeah. That was quite a month though. It, I think, uh, you know, I've always given the PBR, Sean Gleason, the whole staff, so much credit that navigating through all the COVID stuff, right. we did pretty well. We, as much as, 
you know, it wasn't normal. It wasn't the big crowds. We got to work and, and those trips like the Florida thing, that was quite an experience. I, I, I don't think we should ever forget that. And I tend to. And we were on TV covering sports. At one point when we went to Vegas and did that Monster Energy Team Challenge, mm-hmm. we were really the only sport on TV. So the fact we got to work and have our sport on TV when no other one was, I loved. But after the month that we spent in Florida, that's when we went to Texas and that freeze happened. Yeah, We were down in Del Rio. Uh-huh. So speaking of the motorhome, we're still in the motorhome. And we thought, well, we're going to beat this storm and head toward El Paso. Well, it was supposed to be clear. The storm came right where we were. and But we had to get somewhere. Hayes was still a baby at the time. Mm-hmm. And we're driving. The rain is going sideways. We would have to stop because it would freeze over on the windshield. And at one point in time, it said that the next town where there was an RV park was only about 10 miles away. It took us two hours to go 10 uh, miles. And the mo- I've driven a big motorhome on icy roads. Not yeah. much fun. Not so fun. we learned something there. Okay. When the truckers pull over, you should stop. Pull over. (laughs) (laughs) Truckers will do anything. When they stop, when they stop, stop. Yes. Well, and Daniel had considered it. And I thought, we only have a couple more miles to go. Surely what could happen? About that time, our tow car went sideways and we thought, nope, we're done. Anyways, we live to tell the story, but there's a reason that you go to Florida when you're in an RV and you do not go to Alaska and the ice roads. That's right. I, I did it. Or I, South Texas. <laughs> I used to take, um, when I was rodeoing, I had a motorhome and I pulled a little trailer, a pu- trailer behind it. And I'd go mm-hmm. to Denver Rapid City because Denver, I'd stay in it for three weeks. And right. I, I did the look in my rear view mirror and my trailer was out sideways. And, ooh, not good. Not things good. you experience, but we yeah. got through it. We thought out. I mean, we were in that RV. You couldn't get the slides out. The heater stopped. The water froze. Because otherwise, we would have been great. But we were in that for four days like that. Yeah, with a baby. You, you have to keep your hot water heater in the cold. You got to he- keep your hot water heater running because that keeps mm-hmm. that from freezing and your furnace running. And then you're usually pretty good. So that broke. Oh, okay. Well, good. It actually completely broke. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I loved it. Did I say how much I love being in the RV? I really did love it. It was a good time. I'm an RV guy too. Yeah. I am too. I loved it. We just hit a little bit of bad weather, but besides the bad weather and the, the potential swing set situation, um, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Um, speaking of broadcasting sports and yeah. looking back at, at Florida, Texas, um, I want to get to your story because you and I, you mentioned it to me that you don't always tell your story. And I've always said your story needs to be told, your background. And I want to get to that. But first, since since we're fresh off the fall, I know it started the end of July, first part of August. And I want a clip for my Pluto show too. But <laughs> um, <laughs> in general, the team series, your role changed on TV Mm-hmm. My role off and on changed. We were put, I do not know if fans realize it was, the format was new to the fans, mm-hmm. but it was new to us as well. We mm-hmm. were all learning as we went from the meetings in Indiana to the first event 
it was a, there was some, uh, I guess, culture shock, wasn't there, when it was given to I, all of us, not just the fans, us too. Yeah, I thought, okay, so not yes, we've had bull riding, but we've never had been on the call for it. We've never had a, a game five versus five situation quite like this. So I thought, there's not even terminology for this. Mm-hmm. What do we call a walk off situation? What do we call? Where's our halftime? Um, you know, what do we call our kickoff? There was a chance there to almost, I guess, create new paths and bull riding and kind of forge new roads because none of this had been done before. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we tried, you know, the first few, it was Alan, who's a great guy, you know, not a rodeo guy. He, it was, let's go to the dugout or the opening kickoff, the opening tip off. Everything was tried. And then pretty soon we kind of figured out just go with our old terminology and it will fit eventually. A lot of people didn't like a game. It's not a game. Well, what is it? A match? That's tennis. Mm -hmm. So games seem to fit to me. You have a winner and a loser. So to me, it did too. So it had to be a game the way it was set. Um, But what I thought one of the coolest things about it was, was seeing the way that the riders really came around it because they didn't know either what it was going to be like to ride for teams, to have coaches, to have a front office that really makes your schedule, especially someone like the Austin gamblers. I mean, from the time they wake up till the time they go to bed, they've got a schedule for the day. And a lot of teams did something similar. So it was neat to see where they went from just knowing they wanted to ride bulls, willing to give this a shot. And by the end of it, I mean, they were all in those cheers that you see lifting the guys up because I would see comments about, Oh, that makes it not real bull riding. Me too. No, that is how invested they are in this team format. And they're not used to being on the back of the shoots and it affecting the money they're bringing home to the families. Mm-hmm. They're used to that only being when they tie their hand in the rope. So I thought it was so neat to just see the way that they came together as these teams and kind of each one ended up having their own identity in a sense too, and a different personality i would say on each team so i love that aspect of it why why do you think we have such ownership of our lives of our western lifestyle i mm-hmm. saw some of the comments you did uh, all the cheering on the back of the shoots uh, it's they're pushing it trying to sell it too much throwing their hats the celebrations i'm ready for that to be done why why do you think in this lifestyle that people i don't but why do mm-hmm. they fight it so bad and not want it is it not cowboy is it do they take it for arrogance i i don't know what do you think question and i want to go to and say it's because there hasn't been change and it's not even there hasn't been change in so long in the sport of bull riding or any western sport there's really not change it stays the same and i know the argument would be well a lot of sports don't change but they do I mean, look at what football players used to dress like when it started compared to what they look like now. So there's always evolution in sports, but until this time, there wasn't much. And now granted, it was a big change. It's not a small one. It's not just an equipment change. It's a complete format change, but the heart of it, the core of it doesn't change. And the riders, the toughness doesn't change. None of that, that I think is the foundation of bull riding changes. It truly is. It's the way that they get paid that changes. It's how you win that changes. So yeah, I, that's a good question, but it was also neat to see the amount of people that by the end of it said, okay, I get it. it. I'm bought in. I love it. Yeah. Here's a thought I had mid season. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of Cowboys are Cowboys and a lot of fans are fans of Cowboys because Mm -hmm. they grow tired of team sports and the 
ins and outs of team sports and the crap they see in team sports. So when we put Cowboys in a team sport atmosphere, that is exactly why they gravitate towards Cowboys because they're not on teams. So their instant reaction was, no, it's, mm-hmm. it's Cowboys, it's individual. But the individuals still sh- shine through. It, oh, it, absolutely. You could still see the personalities. It was still bull riding mm-hmm. and great bull riding. Actually, mm-hmm. and you can still cheer for your favorite guys. In fact, I think that's what made so many people fans of teams because now the guys that you loved, anyways, are all part of the team. And for someone like me, we don't have a team in California yet, even though I hope we do because you barely have a football that. team in California. I know we barely <laughs> have barely have a lot of things. <laughs> but then, not having a home base team, you go, okay, well, who do I like? Who do I want to cheer for? Um, and I think that's pretty neat. Which I got to say. I'm a fan of a lot of teams, but Hayes wanted to wear his Ridge Riders t-shirt to bed last night. Oh, he did. Yeah. See? Yeah. But he doesn't have a t-shirt from every team. Not everyone's got a 3T. So if you want Hayes to be a fan, you got to make your shirts in size 3T. Bo is three to six months for anyone asking. <laughs> you know, because really it's about free stuff. That's what <laughs> life is about. Um, That's what I told him. I said, whoever he gets a shirt from first, he's going to be a fan. So. Yeah. You, you know what I... I, I'm the same way. I have said on uh, on my podcast, on my Pluto show, from the beginning, well, it took me a few. I, I'm not here to be a cheerleader for the PBR. I'm mm-hmm. not a, a hype guy. Am I completely sold on team bull riding and excited? Not necessarily. It's my job and it, you know, but midway through, I started to go, wait a second, look what it's done for people. Look mm-hmm. what it's done for Marcus Mast, yes. a guy that we've always liked, and all of a sudden he's a star. Who the hell yeah. is Daniel keeping? Right. Um, it's taken guys who kind of were out there by themselves, out of the standings, maybe live a life that, you know, they're not in Texas with people all the time, and it's made them part of a team, and they got better. Now look out in a few weeks, right? Mm-hmm. It, it brought to light some guys we wouldn't normally see. And for the 30th season, what timing? Because I would love to ask you, have you ever been this excited for the start of a new season to see what happens? Because the questions of, are guys going to sit in their locker rooms? Are they still going to kind of be in that team environment? Are guys we didn't expect to be in the top of the standings going to be there because of what Daniel Keeping or Marcus Mass has gotten? So I don't know. Is there a new excitement for you to see these guys? Okay, I'll tell you uh, coming up. I've Number one, I worry a little bit about the guys being worn down, but none of the guys seem to be worried about it. But I, they didn't have to get on as many as they usually do in some senses. So that right. could be helpful. Yeah, sure. But I, I caught myself this uh, at the at the champ, team championship. I caught mm-hmm. myself going, I wonder what Marcus Mast and Daniel Keeping are going to do in the regular season. And I wonder what um, Vitor Losnacki and Sandro oh. Batista, those two guys, for some reason, I wonder what they're going to do. And then I'd go, I've never sat around worrying about that. This has always mm-hmm. just kind of been work. So yeah, it right. sparked a new interest. So. I know. I'm pretty excited about it. Hey, I'm a fan of that old school logo for the 30th year too. Oh, Are I, you going to have some throwbacks? I got, I have to look, I got to catch up on that. I've been so invested in the teams. I got to take a look. Flint, it was on your shark cage. It was oh. posted on the side of your oh. shark cage in the arena. You think I pay attention out so, there? Granted, <laughs> when I turned towards the arena, it smacked me in the face. Like it yeah. was right there. But are you though, are you going to have some throwbacks? Um, 
I need to, maybe I'll go in storage and get some older, um, I mean, you can reprint it. You don't actually Cooper have to wear stuff. it. Well, I have Cooper uniforms from year one, you know. Really? But I'll tell you, but when we go to cities, we tried a throwback night at World Finals years ago before your time. And mm-hmm. we put on the baggy jeans and the shirt. People didn't really notice because a lot of city people think we still dress like that anyway. Right. <laughs> so. When did you make the change to the jersey? Um, I can tell you the history of that is a guy, Duncan Dickinson, who, who designs my jerseys, he worked with Rob Smets and Mm -hmm. Rob Smets was the first person on his own to show up in the uniform. I think it was CarQuest was the uniform there. Just gave him a commercial. Then the PBR went, well, well, let's put all the bullfighters in a spawn. We can sell a sponsorship. We can... And then about a year into that, I said, uh, I'll do one. And it was Wrangler and Montana Silversmiths mm-hmm. on it. And I wore, and I, I want all the rodeo clowns out there to know this. I wore the, the j- jersey and shorts, the uniform at PBRs, mm-hmm. but I wore the baggy jeans and Western shirt at rodeos because I was doing Oh, both. okay. So, yeah. yeah. And then gradually, even till the last rodeos I did in 2005 I wore the rodeo clown gear and a uniform in PBR so there you go. maybe you could do a jersey but something on it has a throwback feel to it did you need me to design this for you in my free time can you put fringe on it maybe we put some fringe yes now we're thinking I didn't mean to hijack this by the way no hijack away the the more you hijack the less I have to think so um so you're talking about teams. Did you, it was interesting, and I talked to Michael Gaffney about it last week, uh, or whenever you're listening to this at the team championship. Mm-hmm. About yes, <coughs> it's not like one team could play defense on the other team. You know, no. so going into the championship, I said at the beginning of the week, watch out for Nashville. They have mm-hmm. the guys; they just haven't got it put together. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's not like their de- their offense can't perform to their defense. It really was a matchup of five riders and five riders. That's but exactly. Michael, but Michael Gavney said the emotion of watching the other team if they rode or not greatly affected that. And we oh, talk, I see that. And yeah. you know, we talked storylines on TV. It was constantly about the order of the lineup and who was <laughs> where. Mm-hmm. That got kind of interesting. How much that influenced what was going on in the arena. So Cody Lambert told me that he thought the beginning of the season, the idea of a closer was, I actually believe the word he used was stupid. That he uses like, that a lot. Yeah. yeah. He's like, it's bull riding. Why would you need a closer? He said, I was completely wrong. I got about halfway through the season and realized you have to have a guy you could count on in that fifth spot. It changes the pressure on some of the younger guys in the middle of the lineup. It changes the energy knowing you got a guy that is your most for sure deal. So even to see the way Cody Lambert changed his thinking of where he was placing guys, I think was really neat to see. My son is actually either having a great time with my mother right now, or it's about nap time. I think it's, I think he's having a great time. I think he's having having a great time. Um, (laughs) Probably is. It's funny you bring up. He loves Papa. It's funny you bring up Cody Lambert because about two events in or three, we all said, holy cow, Cody Lambert sucks at this. We were making fun of his team. 
because he couldn't. Not nice one. We did. And we were all like, he, he can't, doesn't know how to do this. Just because of that, he seemed to not really care. He was just throwing guys in there. Then he right. figured out, hmm, because he does this a lot. That's stupid. That's stupid. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, he did figure it out. They figured it out in a big way. And then my favorite Cody Lambert moment was when he challenged, I think, was it the Ridge Riders and um, mm-hmm. took the ride off the board and he decided to go and tip his hat to the crowd. The, which uh, That was so good. I rode, <laughs> I rode the plane back to Montana with a kid from Montana that's a, a bull rider. His dad was a great bull rider. And he said the thing that caught, he had just not been to one, and he said the thing that caught him off guard, as we talk about the tradition of cowboys in the Western world, mm-hmm. caught him off guard that people would cheer when somebody bucked off because they were cheering for the other team. (laughs) And I told him about Cody Lambert hit the replay to review a ride and the crowd booed him. Mm -hmm. And he leaned out over the chutes and tipped his head and waved. And that alone, like, how can you not love bull riding a team format? And if you don't, then individual season's two weeks away. But to me, it just adds another element to it. It gives more conversation to talk about. I enjoy that part of it so much. So those moments to me kind of made it. And then, okay, Ryan Dirt Eater and him talking to Matt afterwards, knowing he came back because he didn't win an individual gold buckle and this was his gold buckle. Those kind of moments to see a guy like that be so invested, want to come back and give it another shot like that. Just, mm-hmm. I, I love this. I agree. Yeah. Cause I like dirt. Me dirt. too. And I had a line I wanted, you know, Ryan Dirty Eater and I for years, have had mm-hmm. a thing where when he rides, he gets on one knee because he's got his roots are Native American, uh, the Cherokee kid, you know, mm-hmm. and he get down and he pulls an arrow out and shoots me. And I always, I have a great <laughs> picture of it. I bought years ago. So and good. we were in a TV meeting and he was riding real well. And I said, can I say he might be old, but he's still got a few arrows in his quiver. And they wouldn't let me say it on TV because it right. sounded dirty. Do you remember <laughs> I do remember that. I do. And I laughed a lot of times you don't, I, you don't think I think you're funny or you know, you just feel, what do you think? You always apologize to me. I do. And if I, I say something edgy, just like saying that, yeah. I always go, sorry, Kate. Yeah, sorry, you do. Kate. And I think I was one of the only ones laughing and I'll fire buttons up. <laughs> right. so, I was like, oh, okay. Don't look at me. Cause that made me laugh. Yeah. So uh, everybody watching this, just know I wanted on a CBS telecast to say, you know, Ryan Dirty, or he's riding well. He might be old, but he still got a few arrows left in that quiver. And David Neal, the big boss, said, uh, <laughs> "Hey, you got to say it right here, Flint. I did right here. That line got used right here. That's right. Uh, however, I don't know why they can. I couldn't say that, but in Carolina, the one rider got." It was one of the Brady's got mm-hmm. stepped on in, and it popped his oh, jeans open and mm-hmm. he ran to the shark cage towards the camera and he was completely. And the next week or two weeks later, Matt West, I'll tell you what, this kid's something. He is not afraid to let it all hang out. Da, 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 da. And I said, I get it. I know what you Clint, do. He used that line all the way up until the very last time Brady rode and T-Mobile. Brady Randolph. All season long, yes. Brady Randolph, yeah. All season long, I had to listen to this of Matt. He just couldn't let it go. He couldn't help himself. 
you got to love him for it, but he had to make sure he got in some kind of let it all hang out exposure line every single yeah, time. Uh, swinging free something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I worry about offending you. You're around Matt West every weekend and that's worse. Yeah, come on. Yeah. He's a- Matt, I just give one of these. <sighs> he can't help it. See, I can help it. He can't help I can it. Help he can't. He can't. Um, you, I, I mentioned a few minutes ago, you don't mm-hmm. tell your story. Um, I've been thinking, trying to think of a way to put this. I have never through my career. I'm always conscious of when I'm around ladies and different things. I've never paid attention as much to the culture of what people will say about a female that they won't say about somebody else. I, I chimed in on a Facebook something where it was a lady said, that girl that's commentating, da, 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 da. And mm-hmm. I said, that girl's Kate Harrison, and she's more of a cowboy than most of you. It, I started to pick it up. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, I don't think people know. You're a cowgirl. You're a Southern California girl, but you grew up with all this. Oh, I did my whole life. And you know, I, after you and I first talked about that, I thought, what is it about me? And I think it's just, I love telling other people's stories. Every, I think everyone just assumes because of what I do for TV, I'm super extroverted, walk into a room, life of the party. I could be back in a corner and, you know, I like having conversations, but I could be back on a corner one-on-one and never be center stage under the spotlights. Um, and I think that's why I love my job so much. I love putting other people on platforms and telling those stories, but it made me realize just how bad I am at telling my own story. And I always want to give people benefit of the doubt. Cause I see some of these comments about just that, about, I don't know what I'm talking about. And I would, part of me wants to tell them, actually, you don't know what you're talking about because I do, but that's just not me. So instead I think, you know what? I got to give them the benefit of the doubt because you got to look pretty hard to find my story because I'm not very good at sharing it. So yeah. But yeah, but it's what, true. But Comments you, are awful. you were horses. Ro- you can rope. You team rope. Oh, right? I still rope. Yeah. So I grew up. My dad's team roped his entire life. Um. So I grew up in the stunt business, riding horses in a stunt business, doubling little kids, and I grew up rodeoing my whole life. So I junior rodeoed. I high school rodeoed. I went to national finals. I bought my card after I graduated. Um. And I still rope. So I've roped for how old am I? Thirty years. And now Hayes is already 22 years. You've wrote for 20. Uh, Okay. Wait. 30. 30. Or is that 03 on your side? That's 03. There you go. Hey, okay. You told me something I didn't, you told me something I didn't know. So I got to backtrack. What? What? You did stunt work on horses. You didn't know that? Uh Uh-oh. Maybe. I thought we were friends. No. So that just shows how bad I'm at telling my story. You are. You're terrible. You don't even know my story and I'd see you every week. Um, and no, we're not. Friends. Yes, we're friends. Okay, tell me, <laughs> tell me something. Tell me, maybe it, there isn't anything of that stands out. Yeah. Tell me something that I might have watched that yep. you're the kid stunt girl on that show. Uh, do you remember when Magnificent Seven was turned into a TV series about 25 years ago? Mm. It was on, I think, CBS, actually. Probably, yeah. Um. Or do you remember the movie Comanche Moon? Yeah. Do you remember, well, True Grit. You saw True Grit, the little girl in True Grit. I trained all of her horses and got them ready for in True Grit. But in Magnificent Seven, I was only Wait, which True Grit? The 
the the one from about with it's like fifteen years ago now. Jeff Bridge or with uh, Jeff Bridges that Is redone it? one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but the Magnificent Seven, I did that when I was seven years old, and at first they brought me in to double a little boy because he had to ride horses and then the house was on fire and he had to go knock the guy off a horse that attacked his mom. Um, and so they brought me in to do all this. And I was spinning around horses. One of the guys I had to knock off was my own dad. Um, so I would get all dressed up and I had my wig on. They'd call me Kyle and that sweet little boy hated it. He hated knowing that a little girl was doubling him. Yeah. I don't take it personal. He was like eight years old. I get it. Um, but oh man, he would go in the car and did not want me doubling him. It, did he grow up to be anything? You know what? I got to look up his name. I'm not sure. Well, it damaged him for life. He couldn't go on. It might have damaged me for a while. My sister would get mad at me and call me Kyle so fast. Kyle, That's interesting. Yeah. That, huh? Yeah, but I have a cool story for you. Great. After I doubled him on one episode, another episode, they needed a little girl to be doubled. Um, and she had to run out of a house on fire. I had to do a scene with a snake. Um, I had to do a scene where I was getting torn away from my family. And um, they were savages on the show. Um, not not for me as a stunt double, but thinking back in all these scripts and the writing, like, man, there's some tough stuff. So I double this girl doing all this, right? I was seven at that time. Fast forward six years and I'm doubling the girl on Spy Kids, Alexa Vega, or she's married now. So Alexa Pena Vega. Uh, and I, by the way, Logan is, he's went. Yeah, oh, we got yeah, yeah there you go. She's, she's taken Logan, <laughs> but she's really pretty. Um, so I doubled her in all the Spy Kids movies. Well, we became good friends. She would come to junior rodeos with me. And was I the cool one at the junior rodeos when I brought Alexa Vega with me? But we were in the motorhome, but um, probably after the pole bending or something, waiting for the next event. And sure enough, the Magnificent Seven TV series comes on the motorhome. And she's like, oh, I, I acted on an episode of that. She was the one I doubled years and years prior on that episode. And we didn't even know it. No kidding. Yeah. 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 And we're still friends till this day and still talk about that story. So that's funny. Did, was yeah. there, uh, did you get acquainted with any people that are now or, or were at the time major stars that surprised you or became good friends that we would know that you go, Oh yeah, we want it. You want to hear probably the most like heartfelt story ever for me. Yes. Um, I should say heartfelt when my heart stopped when I was in, in junior high. Yes. Um, oh my gosh. Why did I just think he passed away a few years ago? Car accident, Fast and the Furious. Why did I just forget his name all of a sudden? Oh, it just like uh, I told you, I'm bad at um, names. Yeah, uh, you can edit that part out. It's um, uh, oh, we don't edit, Kate. Yes, we're gonna we edit. You know, why it, can I not think? It's, I think uh, I saw this story and I know it right away. Why can't I think of it? Paul Walker. Paul Walker. Paul Walker. <laughs> he just said it. Okay. I don't know why I couldn't think of it. Um, I am sitting because my dad. A lot of times, if guys were gonna ride in a movie, well, they come to our house and he gets them ready to ride horses and um, kind of just gets them so familiar where it doesn't look like it's their first time on a horse. Right. I'm sitting in my room doing math. I will never forget. And it was in this house actually. So I know the exact spot it was in sitting at my desk, doing my math homework. A guy comes around the corner and goes, you need some help with that. It was Paul Walker. My dad knew in junior high, I had the hots for him. I did. And I just, and you went, huh. 
<laughs> I, I think I told him, I, was, I don't even remember. I was just like, Paul Walker's in my house right now. I could, I could not believe it. I could not. My dad could at least told me, you know what I did? I ran in the closet and got the leather jacket that I had just bought at Cowboy Christmas at the NFR. And I put on my best leather jacket I could find and made sure when I came out to the kitchen, I had that leather jacket on. And what did I think? I don't know what I thought. I just want Paul Walker to, you know, know what was up. So what? Seven, seventh grade Kate. <laughs> what was he in? What was he in that he was riding? I can't remember what he would oh, have. Oh, gosh. You know, I actually think for that one, he wasn't riding horses. My dad did the Fast and the Furious movies. And then he did one called Joyride that Paul Walker was in. So I think they just wanted to, they, a lot of times if they're filming in LA, we're close enough where sometimes they just want to get out to the country and come ride. And my dad used to always double um, Steve's on. So I think they were just out riding horses. Mm. I, think, um, I, I think what we've, we here have discovered about this whole conversation is your dad's like the coolest guy in the world. He's so cool. So then my dad's buddy's house is only 10 minutes away and they were going back over there. Well, Paul Walker had a car that he bought from the first Fast and Furious. And I rode in it with him over to my dad's friend's house. I did. Just the two of us. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he drove you're... on the other side. The steering wheel was on the other side. Oh, wow. It was and like one of six of these cars. And you were in junior high. So that's a little oh. creepy, too. I was. I'm just saying, <laughs> in my mind, I had hit the jackpot. Yeah. And Paul Walker was my boyfriend. He didn't know it. And I... You know it. Went back that next day to school and told all my friends. Paul there wasn't, I didn't have a cell phone then. No. Yeah, no cell phones. So, But you, you just spread the word. That would have been on every type of social media these days. But nope. It's just in my heart. Yeah. You got to have pictures somewhere, right? Oh, I got it. If I do, Flint, I'm, I'm making sure you get one. I, uh, I didn't know all the movie stuff about you. Yeah. Yeah. So I grew up rodeoing too, but I grew up in the movie business because- there were only so many kids around LA that ride rope and ride. And mm -hmm. apparently I just made up a new word and combine rope and ride into one word. Rope, rope, ride, rope, rope, ride, rope, ride. You ride. <laughs> but, you... but I'm still coming off our PBR teams championship. Yeah, okay. It's I can't been busy. talk yet. I can't uh, talk. Yeah, but I think, you know, my girls are uh, college rodeo athletes or have yeah. been. And you told me that you could have gone in college rodeo, but your dream was to go to USC. To be a yeah, charger, I had right? a scholarship to go rodeo at Cal Poly San Luis, which was very much, if you rodeo on the West Coast, that's where you want to go Poly, and call it To this day, still. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I had a scholarship to go up there and I went and visited the campus and I was all in. I had a place to live. And right before I was about to sign, I found out I got into USC. And it was just my dream to go there and go to that journalism school and cover that college football team. And there's something about me. And I think really this goes back to growing up rodeoing. If I had a goal to do something, I was going to find a way to do it. I don't care how much work it took. And it's kind of, I still keep that drive with me today. Um, but I got into that school and I thought I got to do it. And for me, that was the first time I wasn't getting on a horse every single day for the last 15 years. So it was hard. It was hard to say, I'm not going to rodeo when all my friends are doing it. That was the next step in rodeo. But my dad told me when I was trying to make that decision, he said, look, you can always come back and rodeo. You can always come back and buy good horses and start rodeoing again. You can't always go to your dream school. You can do it right now. And I said, then I got to pick the one I can do right now. Hmm. Yeah. Clip right there. Did you get it? <laughs> we put <laughs> we put clips up on social media to advertise the uh, the podcast who's coming up. Yeah. Your story about going not going to uh, Cal Poly 
Going, that's. I, you mean you're not going to use I, the swing set clip at the top of the show? Oh, I don't I mean, know. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We might do two or three clips. <laughs> uh, what no, were, you, were you in the journalism school or the broad, broadcasting? What's the difference? I guess maybe. Uh, Annenberg School of Broadcast Journalism. I graduated with 40 people. That massive college, 40 of us. No kidding. That was it. Was yep. it? Is it a four-year program? Well, is anything a four-year program? <laughs> but is that what it is? A four-year program, a bachelor's in whatever? That's exactly. Uh. Um, except being me. I don't know if you know this about me, Flint, but I'm pretty frugal. Hi, buddy. What are you <laughs> oh, doing? Do we get Hayes Harrison? Want to come see your friend? Do we get Hayes Harrison on the... Here you go, ladies and gentlemen. Because oh. I want to talk about Hayes, too. Here I, he is. Hi, Hayes. Can Hayes you see me? Does, Hayes remembers me. Can see you. Oh, that's okay, Mom. He's loud on the show. Is Bo yeah. still sleeping? Bo's still sleeping. Are you gonna say hi to Hayes? Him? Come on, Hayes. Look at he's ignoring me. Yep. He can ignore me with the best of them. He's ignoring ah! you. Oh, yep. he's pearly. Actually, did you hear his bark? Oh, that's pearly. So in this pearly moment, the in dog. Time, his friend's dog's named Pearly. So in this moment in time. When we go in public, I'm telling you, grocery store, post office, on an airplane, he only barks at strangers. <laughs> good trait. A good trait for a kid. Oh, and he growls. Hey, but. So, uh, at what age do I have to make sure he doesn't bark at strangers? Um, I told him, I, I feel like if he's, yeah, I mean, if he's older, sure. Oh, don't push buttons. Maybe it's a problem, but I mean, if he's five and he only barks, we'll talk about it, but. You know, well, pushing buttons with his tail. <laughs> but your your background, though, with being broadcast stuff, being in movies, hey, I just realized that this is a weapon. It yeah, is a weapon. Like, Dinosaurs are weapons. Yeah, but dinosaurs. he's been in Hayes. I, that's why I wasn't afraid for him to come in. He's been in some pretty big time ads, hasn't he? So he did the uh, Baby Gap campaign for Christmas. Flint, I was getting pictures from London of him on big billboards in London. Uh, cool hey, is that? Hayes has no idea he paid off the motorhome. That's nope. awesome. Don't tell him. Um, he did a, a, a diaper commercial. You know what else? It's funny that you say this. Just today, we had to film an audition and we thought, you know, we never saw the high chair ads that he did. So we went and Googled the high chair. I can tell you. Hey, what? I want to show Flint something. I'm proud of you. I'm being a mom. Look, he was in a high chair uh, ad. It was a high chair ad. Yeah. Wow. What about oh. all that? A diaper, a, a diaper commercial is fitting because then someday his dad will be in a diaper, oh, diaper yeah. commercial oh, that's too. That's actually true. Get this far. Get Rex. Oh, where'd he go? Uh, I do want to tell you, I don't mind this because this is the most I've ever heard Hayes talk. Like. <laughs> He's, he's quiet. Bo, on the other hand, though, she's my talker. How old is she Already, now? she tries to talk four months. Tries to make eye contact. I'd bring her, but she's sleeping. You can't push buttons. Uncle Flint's going to go away if you push buttons. Yeah. Yeah, and he's, he's like, talking. I know. That's why I'm pushing push buttons. buttons. <laughs> Don't push buttons. Uh, oh. Hi, Pearly. Um, oh, now I've lost my... Sorry. No, that's okay. Um. And none of this is real serious, but I just wanted, you know, I've known your rodeo background and all that and your broad, the journalism and the broadcasting and, but it is interesting what 
people say about a female broadcaster that they won't. No, it's true. And I try really hard. At first I thought, I'm just not going to look at the comments. And then I thought, well, there is some stuff I want to know because I always want to learn and grow. So maybe there's some beneficial stuff. Come to find out, chances are, if someone wants to share their negative stuff online, it's probably not very beneficial to me. It's not constructive criticism to say, but it's one of those things that I guess I'm just having to learn now that you can't make everyone happy. Right. Um, and people are going to like what they like. So if I know that I put in a hundred percent of the work, I'm talking with a dinosaur in my hands now. That's a, Who doesn't um, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if I'm working my butt off every single week to make the absolutely best broadcast I can, and I am doing what I feel is best. What are you bringing me? Oh, nice. Yeah. Bapa's nursing book from back in the day. I was going to use this to hold up my computer, but I didn't need it. Um, Oh, you need it. Okay. Um, and now I'm losing my train of thought. So yeah, I just figure if I put it in all my work, I bring the best show I can. I listen to constructive criticism of people that I respect in the industry. Mm-hmm. And if I don't make every single person on social media happy, Here, I still, at the end of the day, I've done the best job I can do. I, I of but course get, I get things online, C- criticism, mean stuff. If it, mm-hmm. and my thing is, and I saw something about you the other day, and there was something about me. Criticism is one thing, or a judgment of the job we're doing. In your opinion, you don't necessarily like it or doesn't fit your taste. But there's right. other times you're just being a dick. Yes. I, I mean, true. I've put up with it. An uh, individual, for some reason, picks me, and it's just a lot of it's not true. And it mm-hmm. just, what are you accomplishing taking the energy to do that? Mm-hmm. When really, so, yeah. Something I have always said is you can't let anyone steal your joy. And I believe that. So I, but l- let me tell you where that comes from. So I don't even know if you know this about me, but I, um, and it doesn't affect me too much right now, but I've had, I got diagnosed with lupus about a decade ago. And so for me to have a whole lot of energy all the time is really tough. And then throw in a couple of great little humans, it's too heavy. And when that happened, the, okay. Okay. Um, the biggest blessing that came from that is me realizing, you know what? I don't have enough energy for negativity and for positivity. So I thought I'm not going to let anyone or anybody take away my joy because there's just not enough energy in one day to positive and negative. So, um, yeah, so it kind of, I've kind of ran with that, but I will say it takes a little bit out of me because I was watching back. I'll go on social media and watch back some rides and listen to the calls because I always listen. I want to get better. And someone had posted on one that they thought it was so silly. They might have even said dumb of me that I said, let the hats fly after a ride. But I had at the beginning of the season, I thought I want some signature calls. And to me, the only time those guys on the back of the shoots take their hat off and let it fly into the arena is after a great ride. Mm-hmm. And I thought for someone that's watching that maybe stepped into the other room or they're just listening, if you say, let the hats fly, it's like a home run. It's a signal. It's a catchphrase. I caught it, actually. Uh, I heard you say that and I went, in this setting, that's a perfect catchphrase. And so some on social media, yeah, yeah. hated it enough to tell Mr. Sean Gleason that um, I should not be on the sport. Mm. And I thought, you know, that one was hard for me to get by because... I worked really hard to have a couple of phrases that I thought could kind of be signature. Yeah. Um, and I just had to remind myself that 
you can't make everyone out there happy. Yeah. So. And, and, uh, it also, and I thought you were going to say this, but obviously our brilliance is no, um, <laughs> they're also in the team's deal. When they threw their hats, they were throwing their hats for their teammate yes. for someone else, a great yeah. ride. They'd let their hats fly. I thought it was perfect. Thanks. So, Flynn. That would person. That's what I said. Yeah. I love constructive criticism, but I got to realize everyone online is not my friend and they're not all trying to say nice things or give me constructive criticism, but man, I take it personal because I care, you know, there I are, there are sports and now mm -hmm. count ours as one of them. There's mm -hmm. been sideline reporters for forever. We had Leah yeah. Garcia forever. Michelle Beadle at one time was a sideline yeah, reporter. That's right. And football, you know, has, we were talking before went on the air, Aaron Andrews. Is mm -hmm. a, by the way, Erin Andrews, Flint fan. She's a fan of mine. Oh, she man. comes up to Big Sky How Montana. How she not be Duh. Flint? She's only human, Kate. Yeah. Erin uh, Andrews. I like Pam Oliver, Tracy, uh, what we, Tracy Wolfson's oh, a good one. Yeah. They're sideline reporters. That's mm -hmm. been around a very long time. Yes. But to have a female voice be the lead broadcaster play-by-play -play in a quote-unquote man's world, NFL, uh, I had to look her up cause I like her. Um, Beth Moens does, yes, Beth is great. does college football and she's yes. good. Now when she's it first great. happened, I'm like, what the hell's a girl doing mm -hmm. on here? Um, I'm a huge Doris Burke fan as oh, a yeah. basketball commentator. She's brilliant. And as a huge background in basketball. And then that mm -hmm. justifies it. Sort of like your background in rodeo. Right. Uh, the American last year when they announced Kate Harrison, is the lead play-by-play. -play. So in my mind, that's the glue. That's the navigator through this whole experience. It's a female voice. And not everybody in our industry wants a female voice leading the way in this tough sport. Which other sports where it had been dabbled in, our industry it never had. Maybe one or two times at a live event, there was a live rodeo announcer as female, but really... That's not even true. So it was a true first. And I think that alone might've been a bit of a shock. And the fact that bull riding changing to a team format was a shock. Of course, by the way, it's gonna be a female voice on it was a big shock too to people. So that alone, I thought, you know what? I just have to go out there and show them why I was the choice. And I've had people come up to me and say, not going to lie. I thought PBR was checking a box. They weren't checking a box. Right. Um, and hearing that to me is a big deal because I never wanted to be the female that was checking the box. I wanted to take this position because it was really believed in me by the PBR, the front office saying, we believe you are the person for the job, not the female for the job. And I believed in that too. And I thought for the people that don't, or this is just new to them, I'm going to show them why I'm not just checking that box. I'm going to show them what I could bring to the table. Um, I'm going to show them the amount of work I'm going to put in. And at the end of the day, if we had fans that were just watching and enjoying bull riding, then that was a win to me and not saying, oh, look at that female. Look at that girl talking. You know, I wanted them to just be able to watch and enjoy the sport was my goal. That girl. Yeah, that girl, that girl. Um, Hayes is currently studying a, oh, your pearly is currently studying a, a nursing book. Well, there's a future there. there yeah, there look you at go. me go. Yeah. Look at me, parent. 
This is our daily reading. Yeah, that's your nice job, nerd. Hey, <laughs> uh, we used to, we used to make fun of my sister when summer break she'd have her boys doing stuff, and we go, oh, or maybe it was her friends. She might have made up the term actually. Yay, school away from school. Woohoo! That's fun. <laughs> yep, that's fun exactly. for everybody. School away from school. Um, yeah, I. And it's a bit like I said, I didn't pay attention to things that were said differently till recently because I've told people Kate Harrison's beautiful in every way um, and just a talent, you know, and uh, I know some of that stuff wouldn't be said, you know, otherwise, however, a good, great friend of both of ours, Craig Mm -hmm. Hummer. Yes. He comes in farthest from a Western background that you could ever get. He right. was a lifeguard. He was right. on Baywatch, for God's sake. <laughs> and that guy has weaved his way in and become a part, well-respected by bull riders and us. Mm-hmm. He's at, why doesn't he put on a cowboy hat? Because he's not a cowboy. He's a broadcaster. Right. Yeah. Um, to me, it's so, that work ethic. And I'm so thankful I got to learn from yeah. Craig for so many years um, because that's exactly what it is. Our job is to be a broadcaster. And it's to be the best broadcaster for that sport. When I was in college, going back to that, I covered rugby. I covered water polo. I covered soccer. I covered gymnastics. Yes, basketball and football, but there was way more sports. And it was that same thing. If I'm covering something, I'm going to dive in deep. I'm going to learn the nuances about it. I'm going to make sure by the time I get to that broadcast, it doesn't seem like it's my first time covering it. Now, for me, bull riding is the exact opposite. Rodeo is the one thing that I knew better than anything out there. But I took that same work ethic of saying, I'm going to dive in deep and know everything there is about each of these riders to know every stat you can imagine, no matter what happens that arena, I'm going to be ready to go. Um, And that's what I brought to the table. And you know what, Flint? I really enjoyed it. I had such a good time. It is. See, you, you have that professionalism and the knowledge of, I like, I like doing the sideline reporting and chiming in when I have something yeah. No, I was holding my microphone right there. It's a good one. Um, good. But now it's all, what people don't realize is that glue that holds it all together, the segues in and out of commercials, the quick read, hey, coming up next on CBS, it's da-da-da. I don't have that skill. Someone mm-hmm. like you, people, I've seen it all the time that people think bull riding, it should be two world champions doing the whole broadcast. Like, do you realize how crappy a football broadcast would be if you just <laughs> used people who used to be football players? Doesn't work. <laughs> Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Joe mm-hmm. Buck's the broadcaster. Troy Aikman's the football player. Right. Every sport has it. You know, if you were, if somebody turned it on, turned on and said, saw Kate Harrison broadcasting women's gymnastics, oh. they wouldn't say a word. They wouldn't. Because it's women's gymnastics. Yeah. But you're, you just said it. Your biggest thing you don't have to research is rodeo because that's your background. Yet, mm-hmm. the female voice just doesn't sound right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So. right. But you know what? I've always been a fan of rising to a big challenge. And the challenge this time wasn't having to learn the skill, but it was having to say, okay, for those that think maybe I don't belong in this position, I'm going to show you why. And not, not coming in in a, in a negative place, but coming in wanting to, with a good, I think, chip on my shoulder and wanting to show people and prove to people that I had what it took to be in that position. Um, and compliments have also meant more now than anything, because 
I feel like I brought my A game all season long, not to say it's perfect because we're all human, but then hearing how much other people enjoyed it made me think, okay, there's a reason I'm doing this right now. Don't fall, please. Yeah, and okay. and the other thing is USC has a pretty good football team this year. About time. I know, it's about time. Hey, when, when I was a kid, I was my college team, Texas A&M, and that but, was a college team. No, but USC more, and I'll tell you why. Oh, okay. I always wanted to be a great running back football player when I grew up. The NFL. I was kind of a Buffalo Bills fan because of OJ Simpson, and he had played at USC. They always had great running backs. Yeah, I mean, they did. Charles Smith and Marcus Allen and all those guys. Mm-hmm. So USC was was my team. Maroon and gold. Yeah. I'm telling you, there's nothing like being on the real grass inside that Coliseum as the marching band is playing and uh, the fight song. It's it's good yeah. stuff. What do Flint. they do? What do you do? You, I can't sing. That's actually I apparently can't <laughs> make a marching band noise, but that's it. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, I think. You know, I learned some things today that, for one, you rode in a weird car with Paul Walker. So that, that's... A we actually covered a lot of stuff on this, Flint. We did. We got... And that we was got, without a glass of wine. Maybe. I'm just saying, maybe one of these times. Right yeah. here, Kate. This is where it's at. The military <laughs> salute Pendleton whiskey that we've never drank out of. No, maybe I have drank out of that one. Uh, um no, and, and I appreciate it. And I look forward to uh, the PBR is having to make a real quick turnaround to the start of the regular yeah. season. There's a lot of us with not information as to what everybody's doing. I think everybody's scrambling, but I hope to see you every single weekend. Just think if you're back to the breathless interviews and who knows, I don't, I won't ask you that right, right now. I think I, I think I am. Just think how easy that's going to be. <laughs> you know, I'm excited for it because I usually if you do sidelines, you, you do sidelines. If you do play by play, you do play by play, but it set me up so neat to do play by play because I genuinely knew so many of these guys' stories. Yeah. So now I'm excited. I have so many questions that I don't get to ask in the play by play chair to go and kind of get updated on all these guys' stories and how teams and how their coaches really impacted them. So it's going to be fun. You know what else this is causing me to do Flint? I have to be that person and don't judge me for it, but what, to, to-, to use your, Breast pump in public or no? No, something else. Absolutely that. Absolutely that. (laughs) But also put my Christmas decorations up now because we go Thanksgiving weekend and then we hit the ground running. So I have to decorate for Christmas now. And that's a little early for me. And I'm not going to admit that in public. Well, I guess I just did. Um, I've always been like a Thanksgiving weekend, put Christmas stuff up. But you know what? I'm doing it now. I'm a Christmas nerd too. I'll be over at seven and we'll get started on it. It'll be great. I think our I I think our weather's a little different, but I'll be over and we'll get it done. Kate, we love you. Um, Mater is brushing my hair right now. Hey, and I know. See, that's a celebrity that I know is Mater. Oh, oh, he's a good one. Yeah, I know. He he still won't look at me. But (laughs) I say this to your job that you did all fall with us, and that you'll do it the if you're doing the American again, or if not. But I say, in salute to you, let the hats fly for Kate Harrison. Thanks, Flint. Oh, gosh, it sounds good when you say it. Yeah, let them fly, Kate. (laughs) Thanks, Flint. Thanks for having me on, bud. Thank you. I appreciate it, Kate.